You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Uh, today is uh, National Armed Forces Day. It was initially conceived by President Harry S. Truman. Um, he conceived of a lot of things, but he conceived of this in 1949 for all five branches of the U.S. It is celebrated on the third Saturday of every May, which happens to fall on today's date. Um, this is Deanna Spengola, and as always, I am broadcasting from the Chicago suburbs. Thanks for joining me today at republicbroadcasting.org. Please visit and subscribe to, <clears throat> excuse me, SpingolaSpeaks.net and ScreeningSandyHook.net. Uh, when you visit ScreeningSandyHook.net, be sure to click on the blog and you will see articles and links and baby pictures and certificates and biographies and mortician reports and any, anything that, that had anything to do with Sandy Hook, you will find at my site, it probably has more on my site than any other site on the internet regarding Sandy Hook. Anyway, during the program, email questions or comments to Deanna at Spingola.email. Visit our friendly chat room at Spingola.email chatango.com view our past current and future guests uh, and their other references uh, what they talked about uh, you can see all of this at spingola.com um, all the way back to October 23, 2010 uh, remember spingola.com just click on the radio schedule button on the left, choose the year, the month, the subject matter. Uh, if you don't find it there, you're going to find it at spingolaspeaks.net. Everything about every program I've ever done is available to everyone who takes a few moments to Look at those websites that I have shared with you. Uh, we will take calls, uh, most likely in um, in the last hour of the program today. My first guest is Troy Anderson. He is the author of The Military Guide 
to Armageddon, as well as other books. Welcome to the program, Troy. Hi, uh, Deanne. It's great to be on your show. <laughs> we, we had a little mishap last week. <laughs> I, I guess, um, correct, you were in the shower uh, when my producer called you. Uh, I guess our time, our time slots didn't didn't quite meet. <laughs> Correct. Oh, yeah, our, yeah, our PR guy gave us the he, he gave me an Eastern Standard Time of uh, five o'clock. It should have been uh, uh, four o'clock. I think CT would have been more more accurate. Uh, right. Yes. Yes. It, yes. Because you're, uh, I guess your your PR person. Uh, is in Eastern Standard Time. Uh, you live in Pacific Standard Time, so it was just kind of a mix-up. So anyway, I'm glad we got our our times um, scheduled and synchronized. Um, <clears throat> what led you to write your book? Yeah, so I, you know, I've been a journalist for for three decades, a reporter at the Los Angeles Daily News for many years, and. Um, you know, about about a decade ago, I uh, a friend of mine told me about this Bible prophecy conference at Calvary Chapel, Chino Hills, here in Southern California. And so I, I talked to my editor at the Daily News and to let me cover this. And so I went there and I heard uh, my, my first co-author, Paul McGuire, say that the world is undergoing the greatest transformation since the Tower of Babel, coming global government, caste of society, and universal religion. And when he said that, it just struck me that this is true. It's a gigantic story. And so I just began what was turned into a, a decade-long investigation and now uh, three different books uh, exploring, are we really moving into the end-time events that the Bible talks about? And so after my second book uh, came out, it was called uh, Trumpocalypse, that was early 2018, my, my current co-author, uh, or, or second co-author, retired U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David Giamona, uh, got a hold of me out of the blue, and he said he'd written a book called The Making of a Warrior, and he was looking for somebody to help him, you know, edit it and, and do some interviews and, and get it published. And it just struck me that, um, you know, as I knew about these Gallup polls that say about 80% of, about 70-80% of Americans highly respect the military, so it, the thought occurred to me, if America and the Church listen to anybody about the dangers we're facing, about what's, what's happening, they'll listen to a U.S. Army chaplain and colonel, and so I agreed to help him, uh, you know, write and edit this book. And uh, that was that was back in 2018. So that was sort of the the, the genesis of this new book, uh, the Military Guide to Armageddon. Right. <clears throat> uh, just just that word, uh, gosh, it just uh, <laughs> it kind of leaves you with cold chill. Um, and in um, in chapter one, part one, um, you said uh, it's called the making of a warrior, and uh, you. Um, quote Sun Tzu who said if you know the enemy and know yourself you need not fear the results of a hundred battles and he was uh, born gosh when um, I don't know that, that we know when he was born but he was a Chinese general philosopher and military strategist and um, anyway, um, you were driving to Walmart uh, when your youngest daughter 
was living in Honolulu and called to uh, to say that uh, there was going to be some sort of a ballistic warfare, a missile <clears throat> that was supposedly launched towards Hawaii. Uh, and this would have been uh, let's see when I'm not I'm not finding a a date here uh, 2018 yeah so so that that's actually my, so my co-author is Colonel Giamona and uh, okay. so th- this actually happened to him so his you know I mean he was oh, in okay. the military for, so for, for you're, you're probably wondering yes okay and. and and so, so what happened was, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but so his his daughter was in, uh, she, she's in the military. She was in uh, Hawaii, and uh, this alert went out here a couple of years ago that uh, North Korea, you know, had supposedly launched a, a nuclear attack on America. And so there was a, a story came out, an alert came out on people's phones, and her, her his daughter got that alert saying, you know, take cover, there's incoming missiles, you know, nuclear missiles. And so she called her dad, you know, terrified, asking, you know, what, what should he do? And, and her, you know, her, my co-author, Colonel G. Mona, you know, was, was you know, stunned, you know, because the military hadn't notified him of this, and he's got, you know, a top-secret security clearance. And so, you know, he tried to calm her down and tell her what, what to do. And then, you know, within, like, you know, 10 minutes or something like that, it was announced that it was, it was a mistake. And there was, there was no, you know, incoming, yeah. incoming missiles. But it was, you know, for for him, it was like a big wake up call that, you know, at any moment, you know, something like that could could actually happen. In fact, I, I've done research. I took actually took a class in college at the University of Oregon back in the '80s on on nuclear warfare, and there's actually been I've done research that you know over the decades, there's actually been dozens of times where the world came precariously close to, you know, nuclear war, and it was just uh, probably the an act of God that stopped it, and uh, so it's. You know, so that's that's sort of, sort of the world we live in. We live in a very dangerous world and a very dangerous time in history. And that was a that was a big wake up call for him about the, the threat, threats we face. Wow, <clears throat> um, it's interesting uh, too that um, well that it didn't happen. Um, I I can't imagine. Well, I can because. Uh, of course, uh, Japan, um, we went through this same kind of a situation uh, with, uh, with Japan. And um, the day that will live in infamy. Um, but when you read the backstory of that, it, it was something that, um, that the U.S. government knew about months and months beforehand and uh, but it happened anyway so it's interesting that that this story uh, came out in 2018 uh, without any any frame of reference uh, and think of the fear that that your co-author's daughter must have experienced um, wow and at the same, pretty much the same place. I find that kind of interesting, don't you? Yeah, I mean, there's there's very interesting parallels between what happened, uh, 
you know, sort of in the run-up to, to World War II and, and during World War II and what's happening today. Um, and, and we go into this in, in the book, and this has, you know, been part of my research over the last decade, is that my, my you know, my first co-author, Paul McGuire, he liked to say that the same demons that were knocking on the doors of, of Nazi or of Germany in the 1930s are now knocking on the doors of America. This was several years ago when he made that sort of, sort of prophetic comment. And, and then today we're, we're, we're witnessing this, uh, you know, a, a, a worldwide push actually for, for towards socialism. We're seeing this unfold in our own country now. These lost religious freedoms, the you know, it came about after the, the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And, oh, um, yes. So we're we're seeing a lot of parallels between sort of you know Germany late 1930s and in America today, and um, uh, you know I mean. It, it, I mean, it essentially took the combined forces of Great Britain, America, and, and other allied countries to defeat the Nazis. But they they almost took over the planet. And that was only seventy years ago, and it was a you know that was a socialist regime, and uh, you know million tens of millions of people died in, in uh, World War II. It wasn't that long ago. Oh, they just devastated uh, Germany. Um, I think they bombed every every. Uh, city and every town they started bombing uh, with um, uh, the uh, cities that had 50,000 and then they dropped down to to any city so the bombing of Germany was was horrific uh, it was just really horrific and um, uh, when you look at the numbers of people who perished during World War II and World War One. My gosh, uh, absolutely incredible uh, when you think about it. And then now we're now we have a war within our country. Uh, you mentioned the coronavirus and um, how we are literally uh, losing our freedom to even leave our homes. Uh, where um, the government has has created um, <laughs> lockdowns uh, and incarcerated us within our own homes, destroyed the economy, uh, caused all sorts of domestic violence and suicides and depression, and uh, it's been horrific. And... Um, it's just amazing that a government, uh, 535 people, um, which composes uh, Congress and uh, the uh, president and his his staff, could do this, and within such a short period of time, my gosh. It's well, relatively short period of time. We um, we went from what was it? Flattening the curve. We're going to take two weeks to flatten the curve and flatten the curve. The two week uh, curve extended to over a year, and uh, people are are being forced to to do things they probably would not have otherwise done. Um, there's a lot of fear, and fear makes one, uh, it immobilizes people, 
as it did with your co-author's daughter here. Fear pretty much immobilized her. Um, and uh, this morning, I um, I was uh, just I was on Twitter for momentarily, not too not too long. Uh, but now they are taking away some of the some of the vitamins that would produce uh, that that would help um, to uh, uh, to help us be healthier. The FDA has decided to to um, ban those those things that would be helpful to the people who are suffering stress. I think they banned NAC, N-A-C. And so I immediately went to, well, a lot of people go to this website. It's, um, it meets our, our immediate gratification. I went to Amazon and it had already been banned. And I just purchased some on May 1st. 15 days ago and it's gone it's as if uh, the FDA and Amazon were in partnership isn't that amazing yeah yeah I mean that, that, that's stunning I've, I've never heard of something like that before uh, but, but I certainly understand you know a lot of people are you know they're, they're stressed they're anxious they're unsure what's happening you know just, just earlier this week I was I was a uh, I mean, you know, today's uh, National Armed Forces Day, and it was right. just a few days ago that there's a hundred over 120 retired generals and admirals released this open letter to America, saying that we're in a, uh, you know, America's in, in what they described as dire peril. They said we are in a fight for our survival as a constitutional republic, like no other time since our founding in 1776. Conflicts between supporters of socialism and Marxism versus supporters of constitutional freedom and liberty. And this is from the, the Flag Officers for America. I, I read that letter. You know, my dad fought in the Korean War. My uncle, you know, fought in World War II. And and uh, I read that letter. And then I I took a bike ride. I didn't know what I was going to find. But I rode down to um, Newport Beach from you know, home in Irvine. And oh, don't you love a, Newport Beach? Oh, oh my yes, gosh, yes, I love it down there. Beautiful place. And, and I found this this on on this bluff on my bike ride. There was. 1,776 flags erected, 1776, and, you know, in preparation for today and, and Memorial Day coming up, and I was just, you know, I got off my bike and sort of walking, and I was just, it was very moving just to see all these flags, and they have a, a statue like a, a Vietnam soldier there, and I just thought about all the sacrifices and, you know, the bravery and, and heroism of all these all these soldiers, all these military people over the last two and a half centuries of fought for freedom, fought for America's liberty, our ability to, you know, to spread the gospel, the good news around the world. And now and now you have over 120 retired generals saying that that's, you know, we're, we're witnessing a, essentially a takeover of our country is going on now. And they're, you know, that they were encouraging people to get involved in local and state politics. And it, it was covered widely in the, in the news, but it's just stunning that that many, you know, jet generals and colonels would come out and, issue a letter like that and my, my co-author Colonel G. Mota he, he knows some of those generals we're probably going to reach out to him here right um, we are going to take a quick break we will be right back momentarily be right back 
folks, we're living in a world the likes of which we've never perceived any clearer than we do now. The plan for global governance has been in the works for generations and would have likely been achieved by now, but for the fact that the globalists left open their Achilles heel. With all their tools, Federal Reserve System, fiat currency, no child left behind, and then common core education introduced to our schools to dumb us down, vaccines, pharmaceuticals to lobotomize us, GMO foods, insertion of compromised or bought and paid for politicians, judges, mainstream media propaganda, all pieced together like a puzzle designed to ultimately bring the world under submission. But with all their strategy, they forgot one thing, knowledge and knowledge is power. With knowledge, their bombardment is nullified. Folks, with that, as brilliant and knowledgeable as you've become, among the wisest audience of any radio audience in the world, and you are, I want you to take a moment to reflect and ask yourself, how much of that knowledge did I obtain from Republic Broadcasting Network? How high has my consciousness been raised since I've been a listener? How fast am I now able to discriminate truth from fake news by being a Republic Broadcasting listener? How clear am I now able to see the world since I've been listening to RBN? Ask yourselves those questions, folks. Then ask yourself, what is that knowledge worth to me? Like my morning coffee, how would I survive without it? A voice of truth and a sea of lies. Do we not all need to make sure it survives? Like public broadcasting, we are now finding we can only survive with listener support. Censorship, advertisers being attacked, truth itself being attacked. It's the only way through this. We at Republic Broadcasting humbly ask you to become a supporter. Look at your budget and make a determination of what Republic Broadcasting is worth to you and what you can afford on a monthly basis. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and pledge 20, 30, 40, 50, if possible, 100 a month or more if it's affordable. Click the Donate button and become a regular monthly donor. Assure both us and yourself that Republic Broadcasting Truth will continue to flow like that morning coffee. The network thanks you. So, you love talk radio, then you'll love TalkStreamLive.com. TalkStream Live is always on, 24-7, with the best streaming talk shows. Find your favorite talkers and discover some new ones. It's free, readily available online, or on mobile with any smartphone or tablet. Finding your favorite talk shows all in one place has gotten a whole lot easier. Just go to TalkStreamLive.com. Be sure to download the free apps from Google Play or the iTunes App Store. Please view, like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel, Stop Terrorism. Please contact us if you or anyone you know who wants to be on our show at thetruthpharmacy at gmail.com. Keep it real. Take the red pill. It starts with you and me. It starts with you and me. We all can be heroes if we take the lead to change the bad to good. We are back with our first guest today, Troy Anderson. Uh, That's with an O-A-N-D-E-R-S-O-N. He is the co-author of The Military Guide to Armageddon, as well as other books. And um, in... um, in chapter, uh, in part two, under basic training in boot camp, um, that was summer of 1986 at Fort Dix, New Jersey. Um, is that you or your co-author? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, these are all uh, experiences. He, he, we open each chapter of the book with a, a, you know, a military story, one of his experiences in, in, in the Army. Uh-huh. Right. And he had just, uh, he was at Fort Dix, and um, he said, One question keeps being repeated in my mind. Why did I volunteer? to join the military. And um, <clears throat> I was in the Marine Corps at Paris Island in South Carolina. Um, and I asked myself a lot, probably every day I said, hmm, why did I volunteer to join the military? <laughs> uh, because I, it just... Uh, I, I joined the military because I was uh, I was really young and I wanted to do something honorable for my country um, but um, it was it was a very interesting experience for me and uh, basic training uh, as he says, was is very regimented. Uh, it's a it's an ordeal, uh, particularly in that climate. Uh, it was hot. We would have blackout days, and the the bugs there were as big as well. They were really big, <laughs> and I grew up in California, and we didn't have. We had black widow spiders, but these these bugs were so big, I, I swear they were three to four inches wide and that long. It, 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 they were really bad. So we don't anticipate what what exactly is going to what the things that we will remember about the military. Um, I do remember graduating at the end of uh, some strenuous weeks. It was 12 strenuous weeks. And, um, and, the, and the DI drill instructor, who had, he was a male drill instructor, and the DI, who had been verbally beating up on everybody, uh, pretty much every day, uh, sexually propositioned me. And I thought, my gosh, uh, th- this guy's a jerk. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so w- when, we, when we do something that we think might be really honorable and, uh, and noteworthy and add to our, our perception and add to you know, our, our plus side of our life, uh, sometimes it doesn't always turn out uh, to be that way. And we, I was just very young and um, uh, just very young and very naive. And um, I remember one day that we were, and I've told this story a couple of times on, on this program, where we where 
I was standing with my my platoon, um, and we were we were at attention, and uh, you're not supposed to move your eyes. You're not supposed to move anything. But I, my eyes did glance down at the at the line of of other female Marines right in front of me. There was one of these great big huge bugs on her leg and there was blood running down her leg from this insect biting her and uh, of course we weren't supposed to move it was um, it was very, it was a quite an experience and I don't recommend it for any female um, and then I, I my post was um, back in California at El Toro, I got a plush, very nice job in the dispersing office, uh, which um, there were only two women, myself and another woman in the dispersing office. I, I lucked out uh, with my MOS. Okay, we'll be right back. are tuned in to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Visit our website by going to republicbroadcasting.org. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from simplycleanfoods.net, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Right now, Amazon Prime members will receive fast two-day shipping. Go to simplycleanfoods.net. That's simplycleanfoods.net. But do it today. Ladies and gentlemen, J.R. Moore here. We have a special promotion going on at Republic Broadcasting. This is a fundraiser for Republic Broadcasting involving the energy planner. Mail me a postcard. My address is at my website at thelibertyman.com. We pick a postcard every other Thursday. When your postcard is drawn out, you get to buy an energy planner for $215 instead of $285, $70 discount. $200 goes to Republic Broadcasting. You also get a 10% discount on my mattress pads. So get those postcards in, put your name, your telephone number, your email address on there, and when your postcard is drawn, you get to get an energy cleaner for $215 instead of $285. Mattress pads, 10% off. Help us out at Republic Broadcasting and help yourself to get an energy cleaner at a deep discount. It's a win-win situation for everybody. 
We hope you can get these postcards in soon. Thank you very much. Homeowners, are you in foreclosure, expecting to be served with a foreclosure lawsuit, or suspect your lender has coerced you into an illegal mortgage transaction? A huge number of mortgages made in the last 10 years have legal issues and are possibly defective. State laws and the U.S. Supreme Court have upheld that defective mortgage documents are grounds for foreclosure defense and for counterclaims in favor of the homeowner. If your mortgage has been sold or assigned since closing the loan, it may be defective and you may be paying the wrong party and the lender may not have standing or the right to foreclose or collect payments under the law. If you would like to know if your mortgage is legal or not, or know if you are paying the right party, we can help. Our initial consultations are free of charge. We are not attorneys. We are legal researchers and work closely with experienced lawyers who know how to help you find the evidence to help you keep your home. Call toll-free 1-855-2-KEEP-IT. That's 1-855-2-KEEP-IT number two, keep it today. It starts with you and me, it starts with you and me, we all can be heroes if we take Alrighty, welcome back. This is Deanna and my first guest today is Troy Anderson. He is the co-author of The Military Guide to Armageddon as well as other books. Um, so, um... It's hard for me to um, I'm looking at the at the appendix prioritized checklist for the end times and um, I've done a lot of talking about my own experience I guess it's just um, pardon me for doing that you're, you're the guest um, now, who who wrote what? Did you did you write this end part? Which part of the book is is something that you uh, put most of your energy into? Yeah. So what what I did is I interviewed uh, a number of uh, generals and colonels and faith leaders, included their interviews in the book, and then I I edited the book and. Uh, and, and wrote, you know, d- different portions sort of here and there. Uh, all, all three of these books I've written were all number one bestsellers, and uh, th- this one's a, it hit uh, 129 out of 33 million books on Amazon wow. on uh, January 5th. And and so, you know, I, I just felt very strongly to, to help the colonel get this book published. It, it, it's very difficult to get books published nowadays, and, and even more difficult to have a bestseller. And so we, we wanted to get this message out to as many people as possible. It's it, it's primarily a, a, a spiritual book. It, it, it's designed to take right. what the military calls the the making of a warrior process. And um, you know, so that, like, like you're talking about, the, you go to boot camp, and and you know people have different experiences. And uh, but and, you know the, the central purpose is that you know take something from a civilian to you know somebody can fight in combat or, or at least you know or serve in the military. And so the the book is designed to take you through this process, but in a spiritual sense, help you grow in your faith in God. Uh, you know, learn to put on the weapon, use the weapons of our warfare that the Book of Ephesians talks about. So it's it's primarily spiritual training, helping raise up end times warriors of God. Because you know, we, we believe strongly that we are moving into this end times period the Bible talks about, and it's time for you know for for believers, the church, to, to wake up and, and and get what what the military calls uh, battle ready. Um, and how do you see the church 
of today helping the um, the individual in as much as the government has shut down all of the churches. Oh, the, how do I see the church helping? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, this is this is so this is sort of a uh, one one thing that's happened. So I, I first became interested in Bible prophecy when I was when I was eleven. My youth pastor gave me oh. a copy of Hal Lind, Hal Lindsey's famous book, the the late great planet. This is like back in the late late seventies, oh, and right. I was just blown away by that book. It was the the, the best selling nonfiction book of the nineteen seventies. Sold like thirty forty million copies, and uh, so, I, so I had this early interest in Bible prophecy, and so. You know, back then, like, I wore, like, you know, Jesus is Coming t-shirt, and I'd have a, a Bible studies at school, and, like, half the school got saved, and there was a lot, a lot of excitement about Jesus returning. But then, in 1988, this book came out called 88 Reasons Why Jesus Will Return in 1988. And, of course, you know, it sold a couple million copies, but, of course, you know, Jesus didn't return in 1988. So there's, there's sort of, like, this big disillusionment in Bible prophecy that occurred in, in the late 80s. And so for, for decades after that, the Church sort of largely shied away about talking about Bible prophecy and, and sort of controversial subjects in general. And uh, But here in recent years, as we've watched this sort of a acceleration and convergence, you know, like over the last decade I've done over 200 interviews with, you know, pretty much a who's who of major faith leaders, Bible prophecy scholars, and experts of pretty much every field. I interviewed B- Billy Graham several years ago before he uh, he died, he said that signs of the end of the age are converging for the first time since Jesus made those predictions. And, and this sort of a who's who of major faith leaders, Dr. Tim LaHaye, Hal Lindsey, Pastor Greg Laurie, Rabbi Jonathan Kahn, they, they overwhelmingly agree that we, we very well could be moving into this period of time. And um, there's, there's a recent LifeWay poll said that now nine in ten pastors now see signs of the end times and current events. So there's 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 sort of a consensus on in the faith side that this that we very well could be moving into, you know this the the, the end time period that the Bible talks about, but the church has largely sort of been quiet about all this. They, they rarely give sermons on this. They rarely tell their congregations about it. And then the coronavirus pandemic hits, and the church is largely shut down. It's just barely beginning to reopen now, and so that's it was part of this. We formed what's called Battle Ready Ministries. And uh, we've been we just spoke at three churches in Northern California. Uh, one was a 1,500-member church. Others was a 750. One was uh, like 400. And we got phenomenal reactions from these congregations. And at at the end of the conference, two-day conference, uh, at one church, about half the congregation came forward to dedicate their lives to the Lord as battle-ready warriors of God. One church, almost the entire congregation came forward, and we're now setting up more of these conferences. So we're essentially going to be going around the country doing these conferences. And um, one church was free, the other one was very inexpensive. So we're trying to do this as inexpensively as possible so that the most people, you know, potentially can hear this message and and uh, and get ready for, uh, you know, because who, who knows what's going to happen next. When, when the colonel got a hold of me in early 2018, he told me that the Lord told him by the time this book comes out, it would be a completely different world. And this was long before, you know, the coronavirus pandemic, and then about a year and a half ago, he told me that, or about a year ago, he told me that the Lord, you know, apparently told him that the coronavirus is just the first of the things that's going to happen. There's going to be other things happening now. What we're watching this situation unfolding in the Middle East, and uh, who knows what's happening next. So it's, you know, it, it's it's time to, to to get ready, to get prepared, 
uh, and and to you know really dedicate our lives to God because um, you know we're watching these things happen and um, you know in, in one sense this is the most exciting time in history to be a Christian we have this God's given us this unprecedented opportunity to, to serve Him at this time in history and uh, so uh, in that sense it's you know it's a hopeful and exciting time. Okay, so you're you're mainly um, interested in this uh, because of your your spiritual uh, relevance, your spiritual experiences, uh, the things that you adopted as as a youth, correct? Yeah, yeah. So I I became a believer when I, when I was eleven years old, right? And, um, you know, learned about Bible prophecy. I was in uh, a group, group in the Assemblies of God Church, and so there was a group called Royal Rangers. You know, it was like sort of like a Boy Scout kind of group, and and I was part of the youth group, and so yeah, just a lot of uh, early uh, uh, you know interest and excitement about about this topic. And you know, here here I am. It's uh, you know four decades later, and now you know I'm writing these books on on Bible prophecy, wow. and we're with four battery ministries. So yeah, it's just been been an amazing journey, and and um, uh, you know we're living at this time where there's there's so much anxiety, there's so much fear. I mean, we're what you know. I'm sure you guys have talked about on your show about the Great Reset that Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum right. announced late last uh, last year, and uh, all these different plans of the elite. I mean, they're, they're spending trillions of dollars on propaganda and and brainwashing and scientific mind control to, to manipulate us. And uh, they're essentially trying to roll out what was long known as, as the New World Order. And um, so this is a, a critical time in history. And, and um, uh, it's, it's, you know, I, I would highly encourage people to, you know, to get involved in, in all different spheres of society. Otherwise, you know, we very well could, could lose this country and be moved into this, this New World system they're trying to push us into. Right. Now, how um, how do you view uh, this uh, new world order? How, who do you see as behind it besides, um, well, the person you mentioned, uh, Schwab? That he's it's, uh, and how do you see what is going on in the Middle East as being a part of any of this or all of this, or of the new world sure. order? So, so my first two books, the the Babylon Code and Trumpocalypse, these are really sort of investigative exposés of globalism, which mm-hmm. is uh, you know lar- largely people that are behind this push for this new world system are can, are called globalists, and so these books looked at uh, globalism, what's what's really behind that, and what does the Bible had to say about you know uh, the potential of a, essentially a one world government at some point in the future. And uh, so, so those books explore that fully, and they talk about the secret societies and these these powerful and wealthy foundations and think tanks and and just this sort of global network that the elite have set up to help accomplish this goal they have of, of creating this this world system. And um, you know, there's 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 tons of you know each book had. I think it was like 30, 40 pages of footnotes from you know mainstream media sources, academic documents. Know, credible books, you know. I, uh, for for the Babylon Code, I think I did over a hundred interviews. For Tripocalypse, I did over uh, fifty interviews, and, and it's not just with Christians and faith leaders, but also secular experts. Uh, you know, for instance, Oxford University puts out an annual report 
on the top 10 dangers facing the world. And, you know, they talk about nuclear war, you know, artificial intelligence run amok, asteroid strike, uh, you know, things of that nature. But they also, one of the top 10 threats is a global totalitarian government. They actually list that in their annual report. And so um, that, that's the danger here, is that we're, we're watching this push for this new world system, the Great Reset, a new economic system potentially, a new political system. Uh, we now have an administration that seems to be acquiescing to this agenda. And so it's a, it's a very you know, dangerous time in history. And, um, uh, and the Bible essentially predicted that this would happen. And so we're, we're possibly in some stage of this moving forward. Right. Um, what are your views about what is occurring in the Middle East? Yeah. So the, you know, this this. I mean, of course, there's, there's been many different times where there's been you know conflict in the Middle East. Uh, you know, it's been perpetual, uh, 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 you know, time bomb over there, and so we're now witnessing the this, this fighting, the the launching of all these missiles. This sort sort of the worst violence we've seen in quite a while. Will this continue to escalate? Will it end a few days? We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but the Bible is uh, mainly it's it's it's, uh, it's Israel centric. You know, Israel is the apple of God's eye. The Bible's written by almost all Jewish people, and and the and Israel and, and the Holy Land is the center of Bible prophecy. So whenever you see events like this occurring, uh, this you know could, could be very significant. You know, of course, you know, the sort of the predominant view in Bible prophecy is that the, the countdown towards these events began with the, the rebirth of Israel in 1948, more now, you know, seven decades from that time, and we're watching all these other things happen simultaneously. So, uh, you know, there's there's some Bible experts out there saying, you know, could this be the War of Gog and Magog? Could this be, I think, what they call it, the Psalm 93 War? Um, you know, only time will tell, but whenever you see you know, significant events in Israel, it's, uh, you know, it may have some kind of connection to, to biblical prophecies. Uh, have you ever uh, been to Israel? Uh, no, no, I, I've never been there. I'd love, love to go sometime. I was there in uh, 1999 and um, visited all of the, uh, I visited Gethsemane and um, I went all over the country, actually. Uh, it's a relatively small country. I was in the Gaza Strip and um, um, visited the, the Jordan River, uh, which had been um, altered uh, to prevent water from going certain places. Um, I talked with shop owners, Christian shop owners in Bethlehem. Um, I brought back uh, uh, rocks and I, I brought back all kinds of uh, paraphernalia. Um, it, it was just uh, very interesting. I went with a church group and um, but I like to wander off by myself. Whenever I go on one of these trips, I I have a tendency to to um, to split myself off from the group and um, and wander about to discover things on my own, um, which was actually one of the one of the 
reasons that uh, that I left the, the military. I was just uh, um, I'm not a group person. I'm more of a I'm an empath, and I couldn't handle all of the all of the frequencies that were that were invading my space. But it it was just mm-hmm. a, a very um, interesting thing. Uh, there's a, a noise like a little foghorn going on. Is that something in your in your? Oh, it's my Bible Bible study group texting each other. My, my, my oh oh, your microphone is is still on. Okay, well that's nice that that they're chatting. Um, but anyway, it um, was a very interesting trip. Uh, um, I also went to Greece and. The Isle of Patmos, and it was uh, not not the same trip, but another trip. And uh, uh, I also visited China in 2007, and um, was uh, astounded by all of the American companies in China. Uh, they seem to have all all the companies here in this country uh, that previously had a, had a really, really big presence in our country, Motorola and all the big high-producing companies uh, had left the United States and they all went to China, it seemed. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just, uh, very interesting. It, I think that... Um, that whenever possible, people should visit other countries uh, to experience uh, the atmosphere and to experience um, the 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 lives and 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 as much as possible of the people that um, the residents, so you can see the interaction and. And um, the church that I used to belong to had a, a very large presence in um, in Jerusalem. It had donated millions and millions of dollars to beautify the city, and uh, had a a very large institute on the top of Mount Olive. So um, anyway, it was just a a very interesting trip that I was able to to experience to go down the very narrow streets in Jerusalem and to actually see uh, the people interact with each other uh, and to interact with them and uh, it, it was uh, got to see all of the, all the places that I had read about as I mentioned the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, the prison where, um, and also the prison uh, where they uh, held uh, Jesus captive. Um, it was um, you could uh, you could really feel um, uh, the overtones of the uh, of the political and um, other overtones that were very. Um, evident in 1999 it's interesting so I always I always feel that people should should um, visit other countries when they have the opportunity go ahead 
Yeah, that sounds like an amazing trip. Yeah, I've, I've always wanted to go there, so perhaps in the next few years we'll, we'll take a trip there. Um, if you can, I think it's uh, it's good. Um, it's good to see to see up close and personal. Um, and I, when I was um, uh, at one point, you think of the River Jordan as being this great big huge river. And at one point, it was nothing but a little trickling stream because they had they had bombarded it uh, several miles north, so that it it was trickled down to just a mere stream, and um, it was guarded uh, by uh, the military there. Um, it was just very interesting, and then as opposed to the uh, to uh, the Yancey River, uh, which was, um, oh gosh, huge, but the whole river was, uh, the top of it was covered with oil and it, something that you would expect to be, be clean and fresh was, you could, you could smell the gasoline and see it on top. And, uh, and Beijing, um, by noon, you had to wear a mask because it was so uh, there was so much smog, and it, it was so awful from the production because they don't have any any environmental produ- uh, protective. They don't have the EPA, so uh, the companies that have have opted to go over there. I don't feel any kind of a responsibility uh, to protect the environment, which is it's very many. I think the environment should be protected in every country, and and not allow the corporations to decide how to destroy it. Which is yeah, yeah you, you, you've hit on the head there. Much of what the the root of this problem is is that you said all these American corporations have moved to China, set up these gigantic manufacturing facilities, and they're polluting the environment. And so, so now we've watched the rise of, of China, you know, militarily and economically, and you know, largely come to dominate certain parts of the of the planet. And they're you know, they they have a stated goal to to dominate the entire world. There's books written by by very prominent. Uh, um, um, you know, authors, and I, uh, I forget the name of the book, but, uh, um, you know, so there's, there's a, this explains why the elite, you know, part of explains why the elite want to move to the system because it's essentially at the very top would be extremely wealthy people and then they can largely control, uh, the economic system for those at, at the bottom. So there's a huge, you know, like, like they tell you in journalism, follow the money and, uh, I didn't realize how, how extensively American corporations have moved to China, but you just you just talked about that. That's very interesting. Um, and this this occurred as as a result of Henry Kissinger, who was a top pedophile uh, apparently uh, all his life, uh, went over there on a secret mission in 1971 uh, to set up trade with the Chinese who had always been uh, 
kind of in their own that they were doing their own thing and that that began the destruction of their environment is because the big corporations did not feel any responsibility to to protect that environment there and um which is a very sad thing i think the the environment should be protected everywhere uh, but the one thing is there was more freedom to fly within the country uh, than than there is here. Here we have to go through all these radiation devices and and all this other stuff. You can get on a plane in China. You don't have to check anything. You don't have to throw your water away. It's, you just get on the plane. And you don't have to take off your shoes or your jewelry or leave your purse in a, in a bag and be radiated um so we just we really don't know who's in charge uh of who's running this show but it certainly it's not the people that we think are running things it it um it's very unfortunate and uh a country is only as rich as they are productive. A country's wealth is based on their ability to produce a product and to produce something of value for the citizens that live in that country. Uh, We can't do it by flipping hamburgers at McDonald's or selling insurance or whatever. You have to actually produce a product. And uh, now our cars are manufactured in Mexico. Oh, we're at the top of the... Okay, I guess we're at the top of the hour here. Anyway, thank you so much for, for writing your book and for being a guest on the program. Uh, I hope that we can chat in the future. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. would you say if I told you we have a new tool that will increase production and lower maintenance costs for your meat processing company, and it would pay for itself in just six weeks? When pigs fly! The new Ease-Off Model EZ4 replaces old spring-style carcass droppers and is faster, safer, and more reliable. The Ease-Off lowers or lifts 1,000 pounds to or from your rail automatically using our remote control. Sounds expensive. Can I afford it? Can you afford not to try the Ease-Off? It installs fast with just three bolts in place of your current dropper. The effortless operation will reduce fatigue and injuries, speed up your line, eliminate downtime, and increase profit. How can I order my EaseOff? Go to EaseOff.com, E-A-Z-E-O-F-F.com, and hurry, because we are offering $200 off on the new Easy 4 for a limited time. EaseOff.com. We make pigs fly. 
cows too. Ease off LLC, Summersville, Missouri, 417-932-6419.